Welcome to Aim Higher, a show designed to help us realize the leadership potential inside of all of us. I'm Skip Pritchard, CEO, author, blogger, student of success, and your host. What a fantastic day because we have my friend Carrie Oberbrunner here. Hey. And Carrie is an author, speaker, an entrepreneur, runs a successful business, has had this fascinating life, written fiction, nonfiction, helped launch many people's businesses, and just is a fantastic person for me to bounce ideas off. We regularly meet and we talk about things. And this is not planned. We don't know exactly where this is going or what we're going to say, do we? We never know. No, we just have a topic of clarity that you texted and said, hey, what do you want to talk about? And this has been something that I feel is a really important topic. It's a lie that leaders believe. They do. And Carrie, we hope we'll talk about clarity, but who knows, right? Because we can go anywhere, but I do think we all need clarity. And leadership clarity is in particular an important topic. Yes. Because you need personal clarity. You need organizational Mm -hmm. clarity. Clarity is so important. But before we jump into clarity... I would love to just, you've been so vulnerable yourself. Oh, yeah. you, you share personal stories, mm-hmm. both in your uh, writings, your books, at your conferences, about this journey you've been on. And so long before Clarity, I think I saw your vulnerability with people. Oh, and you cool. share a difficult part yes. of your history, just just really Depression, as a teenager. self-injury. Cutting, yeah. yeah, carving yeah. into yourself. Yeah. And you start there. And so many people are are there and thinking, you know, I'm trapped here, but I would love for them to know, like, you can go from there to be CEO, successful, confident. Tell us just before we get into clarity, a little bit about your journey. Absolutely. So I feel that a lot of us are deep thinkers. And I think if anyone's going to listen to Skip's podcast, which is fantastic, they probably look at the world differently than most. You know, a lot of people in life want to be amused. And the word amused comes from muse, think, and A is not. So a lot of people don't want to think. (laughs) And I always was a thinker, too much, in fact. And I just felt that I didn't have a voice as, as a young person. It probably came from the issue with stuttering, because back in the early 80s, you used to have to stand up in class and read. I don't know if you remember those days where all of a sudden it's reading class and they go around the room and you're up. Well, these days they don't do that. but Because it would be on video. Yeah, it would be on video or who knows, embarrassing a kid. But man, back in the day, I hated when my turn was coming up. I loved it when Did my you? turn came See? up. Couldn't wait. He was good. Skip was good. He had the confidence. I was the kid who did not want to read because I would stutter. And and it was a legit thing where I couldn't get words out. And so, in a way, to take the metaphor to its true potential, I didn't know my voice. And I'm using that as a metaphor, but I feel like a lot of writers, a lot of speakers, a lot of people in, in life today, they don't know their voice. One of my favorite movies, Dead Poet Society. Mm, so good. Yeah, you like that one? Todd, played by Ethan Hawke, he doesn't want to give his poem. And Robin Williams says to him, it's your turn. And he says, I don't have one. And Robin Williams lays into him heavy about, you think everything in you is worthless. You think that you don't have anything to share. And he brings him up and in real time gets him into flow. 
and I actually talk about it in the book Unhackable, but Ethan Hawke finds his voice, and he gives this poem, and he goes off script. And I think there's something, like today, we're going off script. Leadership is off script. I mean, think about it. COVID was off script this last year. Nobody wrote in there, 2020, this is going to be what's happening. But I feel that my leadership style is off script. But back to my journey. And by the way, what yeah. a journey to yeah. go from stuttering to being on stage it is all crazy. of the time. It is crazy. From cutting to yeah. being CEO. I mean, it, yeah. it's nobody would ever imagine. No. I mean, we only see people. Yeah. In success light, I yes. think it's so hard. People don't yes. see that journey. That's why I think it's so important for people listening Absolutely. to know. Like you've been through it. Oh, I've been through it. I mean, it got so low where I, like you said, I was carving the F word in my body. I mean, that's pretty low. And, fantastic. Yeah. Is that what the word? That was yes, the word, yes, right? Fantastic. That's right. And yeah, we'll keep this PG. And later in the day, going to seminary class. I mean, that's what's ridiculous. Here I was trying to help people, trying to be a pastor, but really angry at God. And I feel that that's a good thing to share because I feel like some people think they got to be perfect. And a lot of my stuttering, a lot of my self-injury came because it was a form of self-punishment and for not being perfect. That's why today I can give a lot of grace, hopefully, to the people that I lead. I mean, back in the day before I had my transformation, I was so hard on myself that obviously came off to other people. Spilled out. Yeah. Like, I feel like Jesus was onto something when he said, love your neighbor as yourself. Well. You didn't love yourself. <laughs> I didn't love myself, so I didn't love my neighbor. And that's profound because I couldn't give what I didn't have, and I didn't have self-love. And therefore, everyone else was not good enough. And when you're a leader like that, people don't want to be around you. I mean, think about it. People don't want to follow a leader where everything they do is not enough. And yet, if you feel that way, that's what you're going to project. Wow. What a journey. Yeah. Well, let's talk about clarity. Yeah. So clarity. What is your definition, by the way, of clarity? What oh, do you think of when I say clarity? I, I think clarity means knowing your next best step. In fact, I made that up, but but it, but but it's true. I like it. We did name our conference uh, theme a few years ago, Your Next Best App, because so many times people come to a conference and they're like, I want to solve everything in life and business. And all we tell people is take your next best step. In other words, you don't even deserve step two if you're not willing to take step one. Do you think many people are visionary, dreaming, whatever you want to call it, about long-term, but then paralyzed and don't want to take that step? Or do they oh, just yeah. get stuck in that phase of, oh yeah, I want the end result, but I'm not yes. willing to take the next step? Yes. People don't want confusion. They don't want fog. And, and I say that clarity comes with action. You don't sit in a room and say, okay, now I'm going to get clear. Most of the time, you have to take action it's kind of like going through a maze. You can't see anything until you take a step forward. Once you see a step forward, then you see the next step. So I say about six years ago, once I heard people saying, I want clarity, I want clarity. Finally, one guy said that, and I looked at him and I said, you don't want clarity. And he, he's kind of like, what? And I said, there's a danger in clarity. 
Because once you have clarity, you're dissatisfied with anything less. And I think that's really important. Most people, there, there's a scene from The Matrix. He's you like wh- movies. Oh, I like movies. I think it drives the point home. The guy's name is Cypher, and he's sitting with the agent at a very fancy dinner. And basically, Cypher betrays Neo, sells him out in order to get put back in the matrix. He basically says, listen, I don't want to remember anything. Erase my brain. Put me back as someone important. And by the way, he says an author, which is pretty cool. Um, (laughs) Because I always like that part. But the point is that Cypher doesn't want clarity. He says, put me back in the matrix. I'd rather believe the lie and not have clarity than have to deal with the actions that are going to have to come because I have clarity. And you know what? I see that so many times in the world. I love it. There's a danger in clarity. Some people just prefer the confusion. Yeah. Oh, a lot of people prefer the confusion because with confusion, you have an excuse. With confusion, you say, I don't know what to do. But when you have clarity, to quote Matrix again, it's like a splinter in your mind. You cannot sleep. You try to numb the pain all the time. Like, just give me the Netflix. Give me the alcohol. Give me the video game. You try to quiet the angst, but clarity is so strong. You can't. Leadership clarity. Yes. In that context. Carrie, do you think that it's possible to even be a leader if you don't have clarity? I forget who said it, but somebody said, if you think you're a leader and turn around and no one's following you, then you're just going on a walk. It's true. I tell people, clarity attracts, confusion repels. Clarity, I'll never forget, I'm not super political, but I'll never forget September 11th when that happened. George Bush comes out and he is so clear. I mean, he says, like, think about it, the nation was just shaken. We're all in confusion. We don't know if planes are going to go bomb and other things. And he comes out with so much clarity. And he says, they're wanted and we're going to get them, dead or alive. And I mean, you could see this guy wasn't faking it. Now, I get it. He's got his opponents and some people might hate him or whatever. But we needed a very clear leader in that moment. We didn't need a leader who's like, you know, we're going to investigate this thing. <laughs> you know, I mean, I had a leader in my life say, never waste a good crisis. I love that. Never waste a good crisis. Crisis is an opportunity for a leader to step up and be clear or lose credibility. Well, we won't go down a crisis leadership path. I love talking about crisis leadership. I've led a lot of situations in crisis, but we, we won't go there. But it is interesting to hear you talk about leadership in that context. And You also help so many people, authors, entrepreneurs. I call them aces. Aces. Authors, coaches, entrepreneurs, and speakers. Okay, good. I like that. So you help a lot of aces. Yes. And maybe they have one of those letters or all of them. Yes. uh, Or some combination thereof. And many of them may be running from clarity. How do you help them on that journey to find clarity in their own journey? This is unpopular, but... It's the truth. Embrace the pain. There was a time where I was vacillating between 
continuing as a pastor with a safe salary, health care, schooling for the kids, title, reputation. I mean, that's what I went to school for. And this entrepreneurial thing inside me. And the year was 2012. And a gentleman named Chet Scott, who's very key in my life, I was his kid's youth pastor. And he had left the church, that church in particular. But he calls me and he says, hey, Carrie, I see on Facebook you just got done speaking somewhere, you know, across the country. And I said, yep. He said, is the church okay with it? I said, yeah, no problem. He said, is your wife okay with it? I said, yep. And he said, is God okay with it? And I just froze. And I'm like, how do you even answer that? I said, what are you talking about, Chet? And he said, I think you're scared. I think you're using the church to go pursue your dream because you're scared of going out on your own. And I wanted to vomit right there on the phone because he was exactly right. And then he says this. He says, you can't take the ring and stay in the Shire. Well, you hit one of my favorite references. Oh, the moment he said that. Precious. That's right. (laughs) Are we getting visited by Gollum? So the moment he said that, by the way, then he cussed at me and hung up the phone. Like, that's how he is. He's a very intense, no filter, clear guy. The moment I hung up the phone in May of 2012, I literally felt like I had a vomit. I was at the church and I said, I will never be able to go back again because he had called me out with clarity and I knew that he was right. I was scared to go out on my own and I was using the church to essentially fund my dream. And he knew I was coaching people to be bold and courageous, but I hadn't done it myself. And it was a very intense year because I'm a fast action taker. Two days later, I sat down with the senior pastor and my director and I said, guys, I'm done. And it was like, what? I mean, they had me slated to be the senior pastor many years from then. That was the whole thing. You could be senior pastor, but many years from now. They were shocked. The church was shocked. And, uh, and yet, after 12 years, that December then was, was my, my final day. So fear stops people from pursuing their dreams yes. and that clarity yes. in, a, in a lot of different ways. And there's so many other things that can pull us off track. Yes. From our from the clarity and pursuit of taking the next best step. Rejection. Critics. Yes. Haters. All the that. naysayers. Yes. The yes. haters. The people who betrayed us. Mm-hmm. Even all, family members. Family who say, members. Who say, why? Why? What are you doing? Yeah. Who yeah. do you think you are? Yeah. Right. When we see somebody who's hostile at us, yes. that's one thing. But it may not be hostile. It no. may just be, you know, just critical. Either critical of you not taking a step or yes. critical of you taking a step. Everybody's wonderful armchair therapist. They're, they're, <laughs> right. They love to second guess what you're doing. They, yes. they don't want to hold the mirror up, but they love to talk about you and yep. criticize what you're doing or how you approach something, mm-hmm. et cetera. If you're taking that step, whether it's a personal journey, whether it's launching a business, mm-hmm. whether it's pursuing a new role in the company that you work at. I mean, yep. the, the vision can be different for each person. It is, right? But what do you do when you're faced with this mountain of negativity, criticism, betrayal, whatever you want to yeah. call it? How do you persevere through that? That's great. Clarity comes with a cost. And I say that it has three price tags. 
those three price tags that I shot you in a text this morning, one is that it's a oh, those are the price tags. Those I didn't know what tags. that was. Those are the you price sent me three, three, I sent three words. I was like, three, what is three, this? Three words with C. I'd, see, I'm learning just along with the audience. I didn't know what it's this was. It's all good. I'm learning too. Choice, that's the first price tag that comes with clarity. Because suddenly, you just like Chet said, you can't take the ring and stay in the Shire. He was basically saying, I have a choice. And I was trying to tell him, I don't have a choice. I got three kids under the age of six. I got a, I got a wife. I got blah, 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 blah. In other words, I did not want to pay the price for clarity. And so I pretended that I didn't have a choice. Self-imposed constraints. Yes. My senior pastor, what would he say? My parents, what would they say? This is what happens anytime we, we have clarity. We're like, oh, I don't have a choice. That's the first price tag you need to pay. The second one is challenge. Oh my gosh, there was challenge. There was, how am I gonna replace my income? How am I gonna form an LLC? How am I going to have an office? All those things somehow force us back into confusion. I'll be honest, my first office was the library. I love that. <laughs> It's like, the first office for many, and it's full of the most amazing free resources for you to I fuel love, your dream. I, I love libraries. It's funny, Skip, because I remember having to meet with a client, and they're like, where's your office? And I said, oh, I booked a room for us at the library. <laughs> you know. So the point is you've, you find a way, but you have to be willing for the challenge. There are challenges. The library is not always open, you know? Um, you can't always get a room. So challenge. And then the last one is change. The last price tag is change. These are the three price tags for the cost of clarity. Because if people say, oh, there's no cost for clarity, they're lying to you. Change. I did change. When I packed up my office, Skip, at the age of 35, being there 12 years, I said to myself, this is why some people never leave. Because I thought, the change. I said, I've been going here for 12 years. I know where my office is. I know where the bathroom is. I know where everything is. And I started to think tomorrow, I don't know where, where anything is. And that is a price tag that a lot of people aren't willing to say. And this is, this is uh, from one of my books, The Deeper Path. I call it The Deeper Path Payoff. Most times when I meet entrepreneurs, the biggest thing they say is income is their problem. They're like, oh, Income, income. I say, no, no, no. Income is easy. It starts with clarity. This is literally the deeper path payoff. I'm going to give you six points. Clarity leads to competence. Okay? So when people have clarity, they realize that they then have competence in a certain area. Okay? I'll give you an example in a moment. That leads to confidence. So it goes clarity, competence, confidence. Once you have those three things, then people look at you and say, I'm going to pay attention. This person has clarity. This person knows they're good. And this person knows that they're good. You know, this type of thing. Now you earn influence, impact, and income. Once you get people to pay attention, you earn influence. Once you earn influence, now they can be impacted. Once you impact them, then they hand you the cash. So I'll use an analogy of my torn rotator cuff as an example, okay? Three years ago, actually, to the day. 
Facebook reminded me the other day. But I had torn my shoulder. I didn't know I tore my shoulder. I didn't have clarity. I just said, oh my gosh, I can't throw the ball to Keegan anymore. What's going on? So I had no clarity. I go in, they do a scan, and they give you more clarity. Hey, your rotator cuff is torn. And I look at the guy and I say, I'm a writer. I say, I've never had surgery. If I let you cut me open, are you good? <laughs> like, not a bad question. Dr. Latshaw, okay? He says, he says. <laughs> That's a good question to ask. Yeah, yeah. He says, I got you. And I said, well, I'm going to Google you. I went home and Googled him. And I mean, the guy was totally legit. Like all these awards, all the, so clarity led to competence. Then that led me to confidence. Like I'm going to trust this guy. He earned my influence. <laughs> I said, I'll go into the surgery. He impacted me with a knife and I paid him income, the medical bill. The point is that that I think you interviewed me for my book, the book of mistakes, with your. I did. I did. Sling, if I remember, yes, that was probably my other shoulder. I've was had it? two now. Okay, I've had two now, but absolutely, that was so true. I I did the interview with a one arm shoulder exactly. So the point is this: a lot of people would say, "I don't even want to know if I tore my shoulder." I mean, how many times have you heard this? Oh, I'll just. Just shoot me with uh, cortisone. You know, just pop the pill. Just give me painkillers. This is where most of the population is. They don't want to go through surgery, soul surgery, you know, to keep the metaphor going. They don't want to go through physical therapy, PT, pain and torture. In other words, they don't want pain. They want to be the matrix. Put me back in. Put me back in. Put me back in. I just won't use my shoulder. I'll just pretend that it's fine. That's where most of the population is. A leader has to transcend comfort and choose clarity instead. So good. So you launch your business. Mm -hmm. You get the job you've been after. You launch a new product in the company that you're running, whatever, whatever yeah. it is. And eventually life happens yep. and things happen and you find your passion dwindling. You find that even the business is growing, et cetera, but it's just difficult to maintain your fire. How do you help people rekindle that passion or gain a new clarity in the journey they're on? So yes. you know, they may have hit a plateau yes. and they see mountains ahead and they're thinking, I don't know if I want to take that or turn around yeah. or just maybe I should just pitch the tent right here. Yeah. How do you help people take that next hill? I'll tell you what. The world will say, ah, just you've come so far, just sit back, relax, just enjoy all the pleasures. I remember my death day every day, and that probably sounds really crazy or morbid, but I just have this approach to life that is, you know what, today is my last day. Every single day, I say, I'm on borrowed time, and the world understands that. I mean, think back to high school when the kid in the high school died in a car crash or something. Everybody got serious for two weeks. You know, everyone's like, oh my gosh, life is short. Where well, I'm going to make my life count, blah, blah, blah. And then they go back to the rut. They go back to comfortability. I say, you know what? Every day is a gift. And my favorite book says, um, teach us to number our days that we may present to you a heart of wisdom. It's from one of the Psalms. That's it. 
man, I've numbered my day. And so I feel that the people in life who are crushing it realize they don't have endless time. So for the person who's sitting here saying, I've lost my fire, you know what I would do? Is I would say, go to a hospice and go visit someone. And then suddenly you'll, you'll stop being a victim. Someone who lies in bed, blame excuses and denial. I mean, I surround myself with audio content, video content that is very high performance. I don't feel it every day. I mean, I have a Peloton race tonight, like with some guys that are really fast. I don't feel like riding for 45 minutes of pain, but here's what I'm going to do before I get on. I'm going to pop on a a soundtrack, one of these motivational things, and it's going to just like call out the warrior in me. And I'm just going to, I'm going to crush it. Like You are going to crush it, Carrie. Every I'm day. I'm declaring it right Every now. day you got to win. Every day. It's interesting you say that because, of course, the last mistake in my book is believing you have all the time in the world. Ooh. And, of course, it's set in a hospice. So it's it's an interesting confluence of, of events there. So, Carrie, what last thoughts would you have for people who are seeking clarity or tips that you would offer people looking for clarity before we... Mm-hmm. And this fabulous session with you. I'll, although people now can see why we talk all the time. <laughs> That's true. I'm always talking about this stuff. You, you, you inspire me. The quote that I'm going to drop from my memory is, it's a cliche, but it fits. The greatest risk in life is not taking one. I did not want to be at 35. I didn't want Chet's words to come into me and say, you know what? When I'm 85, sitting on a porch, drinking lemonade, I'll wonder if I should have stepped into clarity. I believe that it was, it's a, this is a cool story. It was a William Borden. Basically, he was told by all the people of his day, why are you going to be a missionary? You are a complete loser. Why would you give up the Borden milk estate? Endless wealth, you're young. And he said, because this is my, this is my, my calling. He boarded a boat. Before he even got to the foreign soil, he contracted a disease and died. And they're like, what a waste. Oh, my gosh. They found six words in his bed. He had written a note, and it said, no reserve, no retreat, no regret. And I was like, wow. I mean. What a way to live. What a way to live. That's a clear life. And by the way, he paid the price. He paid those three price tags. No reserve. That's right. No reserve, no retreat, no regret. And he had a choice. He had that uh, challenge. And then he had to have change. And um, we're talking about him today, over 100 years later, because he made his life matter. So many good nuggets in this. And I will tell people that regardless, if you're listening to this and you're not 35, (laughs) but you're 70, if you're 80, it can be at any time. Absolutely. You You got breath in your lungs, man. 80 years old, make a, make a courageous choice today. It doesn't matter. And the variety, I always think people think I have to follow your prescription, but the variety of paths, yes. it has to be you. It has to be right yes. for you. Don't follow someone else's path. Follow your own That's right. deeper path. Oh, I like and that. And you would like that, wouldn't you? <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Carrie, for joining this podcast today. As always, I always love seeing you, and it's great that you can join our listening audience as well. Skip, you are an amazing conference speaker, by the way. I hope you can come back, and it was a true pleasure to be here today. 
we uh, encourage you to join on that journey and continue to look for your clarity in your life, in your business, in whatever you do. Because if you're aiming for clarity, you are surely going to aim higher. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening to Aim Higher with Skip Pritchard. Check out skippritchard.com for more episodes, interviews, book reviews, and leadership insights. And if you like what you hear, please rate us in iTunes. Until next time, remember, don't settle for the mediocre. Always aim higher.